One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. It's my screen time too. It's my screen time too, the podcast where two moms use their combined decades of classical music training to tell you if the soundtracks to your kids' favorite shows are any good. (laughs) And if the shows are good. (laughs) Unrelated to anything, Katie and I once played a Vivaldi cello concerto duet. (laughs) Anyway, I'm Katie and I have one son. His name is Jay. He's officially two years old. What, what? So according to the Academy, American Academy of Pediatricians, you can plap him down in the boob tube for up to two hours a day. No guilt. (laughs) But I've totally already ruined his brain already, so. (laughs) (laughs) I am Deborah, and I have a seven-year-old and twin four-year-olds, Tony, Libby, and Nate. Any changes to your screen time policy so far this summer? Not really, but we're being more flexible. Like I have a vegetable CSA that I pick up every other week and the pickup time is at a bad traffic time. So it's like an hour in traffic on the way there and back, like a combined total of an hour. And the kids hate going to get it and I hate going to get it. And so today I let them watch a show in the van, mm-hmm. which we only use the DVD player in the van for longer trips usually, and they loved it, and I listened to a podcast, and I loved it, so <laughs> it was very pleasant. I'll do that again. So that was their screen time for the day. How about you? Two years old, any changes? Well, sadly, yes. I mean, we've just been having screen time galore because uh, for the past two weeks, we've had house guests, and yeah. uh, it's... It's just weird because you feel like you don't want to impose your rules on them, but then they're around and just the TV is just on more and it's not really on for more specific purposes, but it's just like on ambiently more. So he's seen a lot of weird like reality television, like things on the Velocity Channel and shark week and stuff does he like watching that like does he sit down and watch it no I mean he's definitely not actively watching it's more like it's on in the room while he's playing which I tell myself oh my god that does not sound that does not count for screen time oh thank you for saying that (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't count it well I mean he still gets his half an hour of kid appropriate cartoon time before bed so but that's about it for screen time policies on our end. So did Jay do two-year-old Jay do anything cute? All right, I kind of have week? have two things because I realize a lot of my cute stories just have to do with Jay's language development. So I think they're really cute, and I'm like, this week Jay said this, and it's not actually that interesting. So I have I have two things. <laughs> so the first is having to do with language development. The other day I said I love you, and he said I thought so. <laughs> That's a good one. Which I thought was pretty awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the other thing is that he's a pretty tiny kid and he only just outgrew his sleep sack, like the size large sleep sack. So we we only just now stopped having him in sleep sacks because... You know, it's really nice. As your kid gets older, they try to climb out of the crib. And if they're wearing a sleep sack, it's that much harder to climb out. Um, so did you 
tape his legs together. <laughs> yes, that's that's what. We're <laughs> no, we did not tape his legs together, and he's so far been good about not. Well, he hasn't successfully climbed out of his crib yet. Uh, that sound you hear, listeners, is me knocking on some wood. Um, but he doesn't really get blankets yet. So yeah. Uh, last time we talked, I talked about how I just sit him in the crib now with some books, and like that's how he peacefully wants to go to bed. But that means that I can't cover him up really. So when he falls asleep, he like kind of tries to put the blanket on, but he never gets it on his lower half. It's only just over his head. (laughs) (laughs) Which, of course, makes me totally paranoid that he's going to smother himself, even though I know he's not going to smother himself. But it's just really comical that he can't manage to get the blanket on his legs. So that's my cute Jay story. How about you? (laughs) Well, we just went to a resort for a week and... There were some other kids there that Tony made friends with. And then the last night he watched the movie Descendants 2 with them. It's a Disney movie. And he liked the music from it. So I ordered him the CD as like sort of a souvenir of the trip. Mm -hmm. And we got it today. And he sat down with the liner notes and like very studiously read along to all the songs and would get mad if somebody made any kind of a noise that interrupted him. (laughs) So I'm happy for him that he's at a point where he can like pick his own music and it's not, I mean, it's sort of kids music, but it's not like raffy. The next level. Yeah. The next level, but it was so cute and I don't know what he's going to do when he realizes that digital music doesn't come with liner notes, really. Still, high five for raising future nerds. My work here is done. Yeah, I love it. (laughs) Deborah, what are we talking about today? Doc McStuffins! So, Doc McStuffins, for anybody who's not in the know, is a six-year-old girl, and she is also a cartoon. (laughs) And she diagnoses and treats her stuffed animals and toys. And the Disney Channel uh, premiered it in 2012. We streamed it on Hulu, uh, and we chose the pilot and a couple of random episodes from seasons two and three. And the executive producer described it as cheers for preschoolers. Which I just is, had to include I don't that know in the doc because I loved it so much. Where, where did she get that? I have a feeling but... we're going to get into it. Okay. So why did we pick Doc McStuffins? Well, we talked about um, a teen movie last episode, and so we needed to return to our preschool shows. And Katie is a fan of, I can't say this name right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, The comedian W. Kamau Bell is a really big fan of Doc McStuffins, and he's recently been doing all of the podcasts for his book. He's been doing all the interview shows. Oh, so I've okay. been hearing him talk about it a lot, so I thought it was time to check it out. <laughs> okay, and I still have my trial month of Hulu, so I gotta make the most of it. We watched from season two, episode eight, Disco Dress Up Daisy and the Glider Brothers, and from season three, episode five, Stuffy and Squibbles, Queen of Thrones. So we'll go through the episodes one by one and then move on to our more general thoughts about the show. 
So I got the pilot for us. So like most of the younger kids shows, they're split in half in the programming block. So each segment works out to be like, I don't know, 11 minutes or something. So the first half of the pilot was called Out of the Box. And Doc discovered that her jack-in-the-box little jack couldn't pop up. Doc's magic stethoscope brought her core group of toys to life. And they were a hippo, a snowman, a lamb, and a dragon. And these animals make up the staff of her medical practice, (laughs) (laughs) which is based out of her playhouse slash office. So Doc shows Little Jack that checkups aren't scary by giving one to his dad, Big Jack. And during Little Jack's checkup, Doc finds that his clothes are stuck in his spring and he has a case of camp pop-itis. And so when she removes them, he's cured. I liked it because the mom, who's a doctor in her professional life, she comes home from work and wonders what the dad has made for dinner. So I thought that was a nice gender role reversal. And Doc McStuffins obviously pretends to be a doctor because she wants to be like her mom. And that made me always sometimes worry because I don't have a job. Mm -hmm. and Jeremy, my husband, goes off to work every day, and I don't want my kids to think that that's, like, how it has to be. Like, it can be like that, but I try to say, like, some dads are home with their kids because we do know families where that's the case. I don't know. So do you ever worry that Jay will think, think that moms will only be, moms can only be moms and can't have a job? Yeah, I do. I do. Um, But then I think of some of the women that I know that did grow up in this situation. Like, their mom was just a stay-at-home mom, and now they're, like, hard-charging career women. So it can happen. Yeah. Um, On a side note, like, if my kids are pretending, like, my twins, Libby and Nathan, if they're pretending to be (laughs) grown-ups, Nate will pretend to be a dad who goes to work, and Libby will pretend to be a mom who goes to meetings. (laughs) (laughs) which is better than like I'm going shopping yeah um so at least I've modeled that I really did like how this episode laid the groundwork for the series and I loved that element about the mom going to work and the dad staying home and I loved it even more because they never talked about it like they Mm -hmm. never addressed how this was somehow atypical because for them, it's not. It's normal. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was cute. I hadn't. I didn't know the premise of the show, really. I've seen a lot of merchandise, but I was... Pleasantly surprised? Yeah. Can I just share a little secret with you and our two listeners? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I have a lifelong fear of jack-in-the-boxes. Oh, really? Yeah, I do not like it when things jump out at me. It's part and parcel with me hating horror movies or really anything of that sort but like even now with Jay when we go somewhere where they have a jack-in-the-box toy I cringe every time I just I really don't like them (laughs) and the old style ones are creepy Mm -hmm. it's like a clown face joker with a creepy smile yeah I get it Even when he was an infant and I went to the mommy mixers at the hospital, they had like a Winnie the Pooh one. It was so inoffensive. (laughs) And I was still like steering him away from it. Let's play with literally anything else. (laughs) 
Okay, so the second half of the episode was called Rundown Race Car, and uh, we are introduced to Doc's little brother, Donnie, and uh, Donnie is preparing to race his favorite car, Ricardo Race Car, in the best race car ever race against his friend. But when Ricardo sputters and can't finish a practice race against Doc, Donnie throws a fit. So Dad explains that Donnie needs a nap to recharge his batteries, and during Donnie's nap, Doc diagnoses Ricardo with no vroom vroomatosis. She plugs him in to recharge his batteries, and by the time Donnie wakes up, he is ready to race. What did you think of this part? I thought it was a little derivative of cars because the the race car has similar accent to Francesco from the Cars movie. I just thought they were doing that with both of them because they vaguely looked like Formula One cars. Are those Italian or something? I think so. Like that's okay. It's more of a European mm-hmm. thing, definitely. Like America, okay. we have NASCAR, and those cars look different. Okay. Maybe this is just something I know because Kevin loves NASCAR. <laughs> you know more about NASCAR than most people I know. <laughs> so I know we've talked before about how much I love inspirational sports movies. And I have to say that Ricardo just didn't hit those same buttons for me. He was like too pompous and he didn't go through any sort of emotional arc. Even He didn't even learn how important it is to be humble or lessons about being a good sport or anything like that. It was disappointing in that way. I also thought that the scene where the dad tells the brother he needs a nap and the brother is like, okay, that was so <laughs> unconvincing. Oh, shoot. I was just hoping when they got to be that age, they just meekly acquiesced to whatever you <laughs> told them to do. Stop bursting my bubble. <laughs> oh, I, I am tired. I will go lay down. Good idea, dad. Yeah, that would not fly in our house. I do just have to recite one line from the episode that I thought was really great. Uh, Ricardo is trying to have a race against Lammy the Lamb. Stuffy the Dragon is cheering for Ricardo and he says, Ricardo, Ricardo, he's our man. He can drive circles around the fastest lamb. And then Lammy just turns to him and goes, no, he can't. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of, throughout the episodes that we watched, there were a lot of funny dialogue between Lammy and Stuffy. Yeah, I like I liked their rapport. <laughs> Alright, shall we move on to season two, episode eight? Yes. Disco dress up Daisy. So Doc plays some disco music and first of all her parents join in and show her their disco moves. And then Doc's doll dress up Daisy is roller skating to the disco music in a special outfit. She falls and hurts her arm. So she is diagnosed with disco fracture-itis. <laughs> and Doc fixes her up with a cast. So I can tell by your face that you had the same issue I did with the whole disco theme. How old are her parents supposed to be? It's the least likely music that they would have jammed to in their youth yeah I mean even if they were super old when they had Doc because we're saying Doc is six so let's say on the outside that her parents were born in the 60s they still wouldn't have been courting via disco dancing no they seem more like they would have been into like alternative rock or like hip-hop or even like just top 
40s stuff. Okay, so here's my theory. And it is that they are ageless and immortal. And that is why they are evolved enough not to even comment on their own subversion of traditional gender roles. That's a good one. Thanks. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the B plot to this episode about Lammy's insecurities because she was clearly very in awe of, is it Daisy dress up? Yeah, Daisy has a great fashion sense. She's actually really annoyingly obsessed with her appearance. Yeah, well, she is the Barbie doll. Yeah. I mean, they do try and hit hard the point that looking good is all about how you feel on the inside. Uh, But it is a hard sell coming from a Barbie doll. Right, exactly. But at least they didn't do a straight up makeover episode where like they (laughs) they took Lammy behind a screen and like brought her out in a miniskirt or something yeah it wasn't my favorite episode I thought I like the um oh Doc McStuffins diagnoses Lammy with I want a boo-boo syndrome (laughs) which is maybe a line I'm going to use with my kids oh yeah definitely we're already very familiar with I want a boo-boo syndrome (laughs) (laughs) if this kid could be completely covered in band-aids he would be (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in the next episode, the next portion of that episode, it's the Glider Brothers, and Doc takes her toys on an indoor picnic because it's too windy outside, and she inadvertently includes her brother's glider planes, who are named Wilbur and Orville, and they're racing around, flying through the house, and Doc and her crew try to stop them before they get hurt, but Wilbur crashes. And Doc fixes him up with a rubber band. And this one, Doc kind of, I didn't catch on until this episode that, like, her parents don't know that her toys are anthropomorphized. Yeah. because So she's, like, hiding it from them. And that was my question. Like, do we really need the magic stethoscope that brings the toys to life? Like, couldn't they just be alive in her imagination? Mm-hmm. But that was a big emphasis of this segment, the whole, like, oh, we can't be caught being live toys. Yeah, I didn't care for that. Agreed. I... There was another awesome line, however. Again, interaction between Stuffy the Dragon and Lammy the Lamb. <laughs> I bet we wrote down the same one. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's when they're having, when they're, they're having tea, right? Mm-hmm. And, um... Stuffy says, you know that's just air, right? And Lammy says, you know you're not a real dragon, right? And then Stuffy says, touche. I thought that was cute. Is that the one you had? That's exactly the one I had. (laughs) (laughs) But that was the best part about this episode. It was not not the strongest segment we watched. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, So the last episode we watched was season three, episode five. And it started with the segment Stuffy and Squibbles. So again, Stuffy was the toy dragon. And in this episode, Stuffy gets his first pet, Squibbles. And even though Doc reminds him that he has to charge Squibbles every day, Stuffy forgets and Squibbles gets run down. So Doc diagnoses slow-mo squibblosis. And while they are charging Squibbles up again, Stuffy feels so guilty that he tries to give Squibbles to Chili, who is the snowman. Doc explains that you just have to love your pet to be the best owner ever. 
and Stuffy resolves never to forget to charge Squibbles again. It was really a lot like the uh, the race car plot line in that mm-hmm. the basic problem was that the uh, toy ran out of batteries. <laughs> what did you think of this one? I thought it was all right. Again, I liked the banter between Lammy and Stuffy. I think that's the best. Mm-hmm. I thought the little toy dog was cute. I thought it was interesting that for this episode, Doc transforms her office into a vet clinic. So instead of wearing her customary uh, lab coat, she wears scrubs. And it made me wonder, does she have separate rooms in her playroom slash office, in her playhouse slash office? Or does she like know in advance whether she'll be treating anthropomorphized human-like toys or pet-like toys so she knows whether to have a doctor's office or a vet's office good point and does she have imaginary like med school diploma a med school diploma and a vet school diploma hanging on her wall oh my gosh I didn't (laughs) even think of that but that's a really good point (laughs) um my other question was what determines whether a toy is going to be human-like or pet-like so it's sort of That's... like the age-old question, like, why is Goofy the dog part of Mickey's crew, but Pluto the dog is Mickey's pet? Gosh, that is a mystery that will never be solved, right? <laughs> so it's the same issue here with Stuffy and Squibbles. Yes. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> so our final segment was called Queen of Thrones. And while playing Musical Thrones, which is pretty much just musical chairs, Stuffy gets excited and knocks over the castle in Doc's room. The queen doll, who I think was named Queen Amina, takes charge and delegates the building tests to the other toys. The Wicked King calls her Queen Bossy Pants, and she comes down with a case of leader-not-appreciated-itis. Doc reassures her that she's not bossy, she's just a good leader, and the castle repair falls apart without the queen's expert guidance, and only when she returns are they able to rebuild it to its former glory. I love this segment, Deborah. <laughs> it was definitely my favorite. Uh-huh. Definitely my favorite. <laughs> um, I felt like the overall message, which is that women can be leaders and it doesn't mean they're shrill or heartless or not woman-like. It could be cloying in other hands or just overly obvious, but this was just awesome. I mean, the main song in the episode was, she's not bossy, she's the boss. It, it was yeah. great. Uh, And I also love the little detail that the toys were all afraid to go under the bed to get the blocks that fell down there. (laughs) I also liked the the king, the snooty king. Uh Um, He was designed to look like an old school Fisher Price person, I think, with like the bowl haircut and his voice was awesome. And he didn't have any arms. There was a scene when they were rebuilding the castle and the king was trying to put a window in the wall, but he had no arms. <laughs> so you had to wonder like how he even got up there. Like he was just trying to nudge it up there with his shoulders. <laughs> so clearly this was a favorite segment. Um, should, should we move on to our overall thoughts? <laughs> sure. So did you have any casting decisions that you really liked this wasn't one where I recognized a lot of the voices to be honest but again I'm not super good at that I looked up a couple of 
characters because their voices were familiar. And Big Jack from the first episode was played by um, Ty Burrell, who plays Phil Dunphy on uh, Modern Family. I feel like Modern Family just keeps coming up for us. And Ty Burrell in particular, we mention him a lot. Yeah, he's... Well, I think he does some commercial voiceovers, too. So his voice is pretty ubiquitous, I think. So I liked that, but I think that was just a one-time character. Mm -hmm. And then the hippo nurse, Mm -hmm. who has, like, like a really breathy, like, southern black lady voice, Mm -hmm. she is played by Loretta Devine, who plays Adele, Chief Weber's wife on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I think she died. I'm behind on my Grey's Anatomy, so maybe she dies and I just don't know it yet. So I liked that she, I recognized her from another medical show. (laughs) She clearly has the expertise necessary to be the chief nurse. She seems to be the nurse in charge in Doc's practice. Yeah, I didn't have any real casting thoughts other than I did a little bit of Wikipedia reading Wikipedia reading, really? Okay. <laughs> Wikipedia reading beforehand about just the the birth of the show and how it was conceived by this Irish woman, which you can kind of tell by the name McStuffins. But then mm-hmm. Nickelodeon was just like, oh, well, you should make the character African-American. And she was like, okay, fine. But she didn't change anything about it. So her name is still McStuffins, which is a very sort of traditional Irish sounding name. Oh, I guess it, that didn't even occur to me as a thing. Oh. Um, but I didn't really have any other thoughts about the cast, which I guess means that they were all great. I mean, there was no one that I listened to and was like, whoa, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, some of the shows we've watched are played by, some of the characters are played by kid actors were not always They're a mixed reliably bag. good. Yeah. So how about, we talked about music a little bit. This was actually one of the few shows that we've watched where I could actually understand the lyrics in the uh, title song. Yeah. (laughs) And I thought it was cute. I've been humming it all week, so it must be doing its job. The songs midway through were definitely less catchy, although they weren't bad. They just didn't stick as much. Yeah, and not as much as, like, in Dan- Daniel Tiger, which we haven't talked about on this show. Those songs are, like, made for you to take away and sing to your kids mm-hmm. at, like, times of distress or something. But you could take songs from Doc McStuffins and apply them in real life. Definitely. I mean, I think we've watched four episodes of Daniel Tiger total, and I s- sing all of those songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is totally not related to the music, but can we talk for a minute about Doc's bedside manner? It is amazing. And maybe it's just because before I had a kid, I thought I was one of those people that just wanted like a no-nonsense doctor that wasn't going to sugarcoat anything and was just going to like get to the point. And then I had a kid and we have kind of a no-nonsense unruffable pediatrician. And I'm so frustrated because I just want my opinions to be validated. And if only Doc McStuffins were my pediatrician. (laughs) Boy, I'd go to her as my just regular doctor for me. Yeah. Yeah, She's great. She's so great. Like when there's not a problem with something, instead of just saying that's fine, she's like, that's beautiful. That's great. Your eyes are full of joy. (laughs) (laughs) 
it's just uh, those nice little touches. And I know, hey, doctors in our society, they have a lot on their plates. And sometimes they just don't have the extra mental capacity to make those little extra touches for us. I understand. I'm just saying, if we could all be more like this little six-year-old pretend doctor, (laughs) (laughs) it would be so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I have to ask because you kind of poo-pooed it when we first started. You didn't, you didn't find the uh, cheers for preschoolers to be uh, an accurate description. How is it like cheers? Because it's a workplace comedy for children. No, I guess I was just waiting for the point in time when Norm walks in and everybody (laughs) goes, Norm. Well, isn't the snowman clearly Norm? Oh, oh, maybe it is like Cheers. I just yeah. felt like all of the supporting characters were so clearly drawn as like specific types. Like you had the kind of overly neurotic hypochondriac, which I guess the snowman wasn't Norm. Like the snowman, the snowman was a weird combination between Diane and Norm. Yeah. Um. And, you know, the overly confident, cocky character in The Dragon. So is he Frasier? Uh, the overconfident who is, one? Who is B.B. Newworth? <laughs> okay, so I kind of felt like The Dragon was like some sort of combination of like Sam Malone's cockiness with like okay. Frasier's know-it-alliness. And mm-hmm. then you had the kind of dumb but sweet nurse, which was a little bit like... Uh, she Kirstie Alley? No, Rhea Perlman's character. What was her oh, name? Carla? Oh, oh, no, is it yeah, Carla? Carla? Okay, yeah. Um, a little bit that and a little bit Woody. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess okay, I was overthinking selling, it. You're selling me on it. No, you're <laughs> selling me on it. <laughs> but I just love that idea that like someone sat down and was like, "What is missing from children's television today? It's a workplace comedy for kids." I just I thought that was genius. <laughs> Um, I guess since we already went off into a Cheers tangent, what uh, did you compare this to any other adult shows that you watch? Uh, I was kind of thinking of the fact that she's not really a doctor. She's trying to emulate her mom. So just the character of Doc McStuffins reminded me of Carl from The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> worst comparison ever everybody hates <laughs> Carl <laughs> he is unlikable but I mean he's like too young and innocent for the job but he just wants to be like his dad and he has to he has to like massacre all those zombies so you didn't get that I mean I was stuck on finding other medical shows so um did you have any thoughts on a gritty HBO reboot I, tr- I thought about it, but I feel like it has been done already on medical shows. Like, because I got stuck on the fact that she is like a young, like too young to be a doctor. Oh, like Doogie. Yes. So I was thinking of Doogie Hauser for sure. Um, Isn't Doogie due for a reboot? Oh, yeah. It's been at least 25 years, right? Mm-hmm. And Neil Patrick yeah. Harris would totally cameo. Yeah, he should play like Doogie's dad. 
Let's call him. Get on it, CW. <laughs> this is totally in your wheelhouse. <laughs> um, but it's always funny when a young doctor is treating like an older patient and then the older patient gets to say like, my internist looked like they were 12. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't, I, I got stuck because I felt like it's been done before on like scrubs, mm-hmm. ER, Grey's Anatomy, Doogie. Yeah. So I was kind of stuck on the fantasy element of it. And mm-hmm. I know that HBO is kind of winding down Game of Thrones. And there have been some prequel ideas, you know, bandied about. So I was thinking maybe Doctor of Dragons. Like she treats all the mythological creatures of Westeros. Like, is your smoke baby feeling blue? Call the doc. Magic necklace not keeping the years off anymore? Call the doc. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that could be good. And we could have it starring Pearl Mackey, who is the most recent companion from Doctor Who and... Sadly, she only got one season in, and I think she could do great in this Doctor of Dragons, Doc McSuffins on HBO. Do you have any thoughts on whether it was better when we were kids? I couldn't think of any cartoon shows that compared. And then, like, Space Camp, remember that movie? No, there was a Space Camp movie? How did I not watch it? Oh, you're about to get a cat butt again. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my cat's walking in front of the camera. Okay. Space Camp! So these kids are at space camp and then they get to like tour a real um shuttle and then they press some wrong buttons and they launch into space and so then they have to use their space camp training until they get back to earth it's awesome (laughs) i love that as an adult and i'm looking it up on amazon as soon as we get off oh shoot it's so good it's so good so it's i don't know it doesn't really correlate to Doc McStuffins that would be like if Doc McStuffins was like touring a hospital and got (laughs) stuck in an operating room and there were there was like no real surgeon and she was like okay (laughs) here we go (laughs) unaired episode that Nickelode or sorry Disney Jr. was like no this is too real (laughs) they tried to do one where Doc just has to do surgery her little like nurse hippo is all covered in gore (laughs) and Lammy's like oh do you just want a hug oh there's too much blood (laughs) you know this is real right (laughs) Uh, so would you ever watch this alone voluntarily no (laughs) no would you well, no, realistically, no. But on the grand <laughs> scale of preschool children's programming that we've watched, it's better than most. Yeah, it's a lot better than most. Um, I mean, I think I really liked two of the, I mean, we basically watched six episodes. I liked two really well, and then the others were kind of meh. Yeah. So should we do 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids? I think this is the first episode in a long time where we haven't really been preoccupied with whether it's been good for our kids. (laughs) I think it's, yeah, I think it's great for kids. For sure. I would totally try to wean my kids off Minecraft videos to watch some Doc McStuffins. I know. I'm definitely going to cycle out some Paw Patrol for this. 
Uh, ratings? Four. See, I think this is the first time I have ever gone above you, but I have to give it a solid 4.5. I thought it was great. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever uh, podcast app you use. And you can tweet us with show or movie suggestions or any general comments at at my screen time too. Or you can find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash my screen time too. If you would prefer, you can email us at my screen time too at gmail.com. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents. Bye. Bye. Bye.